But yeah, so I'm all set. I'm all set for the Tenet Camcast. The Tenet Camcast. And we're going to do it all That's backwards. Right. Just, to, just to really keep it with the movie. And then forward again. Yeah. I'm going to invert it. Because. Back and forth. That's right. That's right. We're going to hit a turnstile and then I'm not, I'm going to need uh, oxygen to breathe yep. because the air is going in reverse. You know, yep. the long awaited tenant that, that absolutely had to get into that four month, two month window of theaters being open. I, yeah, this is going to be an interesting conversation because I'm pretty sure you, well, you like this enough to watch it twice. Yes. Yes, I did. Oh. I liked it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So, as per the norm, surprisingly enough, this was directed by Christopher Nolan. I'm not sure if you're aware of Christopher Nolan, Geek Pantsers, but uh, he is. He's a high-class geek, this guy. <laughs> or a high concept geek i should say he's definitely a nerd he's definitely into sci-fi he wears it on his uh sleeve big time mm -hmm. uh and I'm also fan. he's a huge james bond fan <laughs> that's, you, right. I, that's right that's right that's right so so much so I, not only did he direct this sorry i i don't know if i want to see him on bond after this it's, okay keep going <laughs> Oh, see, I disagree. I disagree. And I'll uh, remind me and I'll tell you why I disagree. Well, sure, sure. Okay. But um, I, I think what I described this to you was a sci-fi James Bond. I think that's how I described this movie to you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, so it was written by Christopher Nolan. It stars a fairly large cast. So I'm going to just blow through it fairly quickly. Uh, John David Washington as... Uh, the protagonist <laughs> couldn't even fucking give him a name. They actually called him the protagonist in the movie. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Well, they kept saying that. Robert, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, the really? first time it, they could have said it like sort of a joke, like, well, you're the protagonist <laughs> and yeah. then leave it. But nope, that was his name. Yeah, he movie. straight up just goes the whole movie. I am the protagonist. It's like, yeah, I don't, you don't need to know my name because I don't, have one it wasn't in the script uh robert pattinson is neil literally the protagonist's handler that's that was it that's it elizabeth debicki is catherine cat barton is a art appraiser and Sater's wife Sater, of course is kenneth branagh playing mm -hmm. uh, andrea Sater, who is an oligarch that communicates with the future just so we know all the players, so that way we don't have to keep referencing it. Uh, Dimple Capadia is Priya, an arms trafficker. Martin Donovan, I don't know why he was on the casting list, but Martin Donovan, Faye, uh, Faye protagonist's CIA boss. What a throwaway role that was. Like, literally, his role in the movie is what you see in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I was like uh, I was, okay. The first guy to say Tenet, and then disappears. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Aaron Taylor Johnson, I don't remember even hearing about him being in this movie at all. 
Yeah. And I, I'm watching it and I'm going, I'm pretty sure that's Aaron Taylor Johnson because I always forget that he's also British, right? Yeah. And then like by the end of the movie, I was like, that's definitely him. That's definitely him. And then of course I go through the casting list and I go, it's him. And he gets a name, Ives, and he's the military commander. And I was like, uh, for tenant, sorry. Um, but I was like, why the fuck wouldn't you put him higher on the casting list? Why wouldn't you talk about him being in the movie instead of Martin Donovan? <laughs> because if you watch the trailer and you blink, you don't even know Martin's in the movie. Yeah, that's it. But we got two more on this list that I felt like listing. One of them is just because I've got a huge crush on her. It's Fiona Doriff, who played Wheeler, the blue team leader. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the man who should be Sir, but isn't, Michael Caine, who plays Sir Michael Crosby. Knight the guy and get it over with, and then have him be Michael Caine in all of the movies from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh... I enjoyed his role as British intelligence agent, but, uh, but they're really not even trying by calling him Sir Michael. <laughs> That was one of my favorite parts for the whole casting list was Sir Michael, and that was it. So that's that. That's the casting. Do you have anyone else that I missed or that you want to add? No, that's the whole cast. That's good. Yeah, okay. All right. So uh, before I get to my likes and we discuss our likes or your like and my likes and my few dislikes and your rampant amount of dislikes, this (laughs) is the story as I understand it. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <sighs> so this is set in a world where the future is so fucked up with climate contr- or climate uh, catastrophes that they've decided to declare war with the present. So they are using technology called inversion. That's literally what it's called, where People and things can travel backwards in time by reversing the flow of entropy, which is essentially a long-winded way of saying this is a closed time time travel movie, closed-loop time travel movie. So uh, like Terminator 1 and 2, that's an example I've said before as a – or yeah, as a closed loop where they have to get to the uh, robot apocalypse, so everything has to happen. So, you know – the Terminator absolutely has to get sent back in time to try and kill uh, uh, oh, John Connor's mom. Sarah. Sarah Connor, yes. I yeah. kept saying Linda. I was going to say Linda. I'm like, that's what? not – I mean, that's her name, but that's yeah. not yeah. – <laughs> that's not her name. So, <laughs> you know, has to get sent back in time to try and kill Sarah. Kyle Reese has to get sent back in time. He has to knock up Sarah mm-hmm. to – have her give birth to John, but also the robot's arm has to actually be retrieved so that Cyberdyne is created, ultimately Skynet, and so on and so forth, and blah, 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 blah. That is the loop. So all of those things have to happen. So this is in that similar thought process. One of my first favorite things about this movie is very early on, they say, what do they say? They say, don't think about it. (laughs) So they're telling you right away, don't think about it because if you do, there's going to be some holes in there. 
It's pretty bad when Christopher Nolan's saying don't think about it. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, but, I mean, to be fair, it's probably best if you don't. Because, like, like the, uh, well, the, the whole goal is actually insane. Like, if you think about it, the future is so bad that these people are willing to have Seder ultimately destroy the past. So like in effect, rewriting the future or ending existence. Cause that was one of the things they couldn't really tell what could happen. It was either going to rewrite the future. Mm-hmm. So these people that are in power right now could be completely wiped from existence or that's it. Like existence in general is wiped out. So past, present, future, everything wiped out. That's how bad the future is that they're just like, fuck it. Just <laughs> hold the power button down on your PS4, son, because we got to reboot this son of a bitch. Isn't that crazy? Oh, um, in the, the story so far, is there anything that you feel, feel like we need to add? Nope. You're doing good. Okay. Okay. Doing really good. Um, you're, break, you're breaking down something that's hard to break down well. Okay, good. Um, so I will start off with one of the first things that I really like about this movie. Okay. It's a Christopher Nolan movie, so it is beautifully shot. This is a really, really, really good-looking movie. Mm-hmm. Set pieces look amazing. Cinematography, of course, is amazing. Uh, everywhere they go looks really cool, looks really distinct, but also very vibrant. Like, there's no real film to this movie. Like, there's no, like, blue film or anything like that. This is just shot in, I I assume, IMAX 4K, I guess he shoots in now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's in VR. uh, Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, so it, it looks, it looks incredible. Looks incredible. All right. What are your thoughts on that? It looks great. It looks great. And to kind of touch on that, um, I'm going to say the uh, main star of the movie should be uh, Jennifer Lame. Huge props to her because she's a film editor. And I imagine this was a hell of a time, like a bitch to friggin' edit. (laughs) Actually, I don't think so. I don't think it was that bad because like, like, well, okay, maybe it's just me and I'm, you know, genetically superior. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I didn't find this movie that hard to follow. Oh, that's one of your first t-shirts if we ever get shirts. <laughs> genetically superior. superior. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I honestly didn't feel like this was a hard movie to follow. Having said that, I do have the benefit of watching the first hour twice. Because remember I watched the half? Well, I didn't pick it up from that half. I just re-watched it, right? Right. So maybe because I had that first hour, it might have been a little bit easier to follow. But like, in some senses, it kind of reminded me of uh, 12 Monkeys. Where, because like with 12 Monkeys, there's like a couple of different timelines happening. But for Bruce Willis's main character, which I, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now, it was all just one singular storyline, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I felt with the protagonist that 
this was just one singular storyline. And as long as you just followed it and kept his perspective in mind without letting your mind go too much into the what ifs or like, oh, what's going on here? Or maybe that's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just kind of follow it. And uh, like I found literally any time that I was going to go, oh, geez, I wonder if they're going to explain this or this or this. I just kind of went, no, just just watch the movie and then just see. And if nothing's explained by the end of the movie, then there's always Google, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it was that hard to edit. But then again, I've never edited anything. So, <laughs> so what the fuck do I know, man? Yeah, it's more or less the whole, I mean, the way the shots are done to edit that all together so seamlessly. Like, okay, you know I think, you know what? I think, I think I understand. So, like, when we're talking about, okay, so I'm going to say this and you tell me if, if I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. So, in the fight scene in the, uh, whatever the hell that was called, where they're trying to sell, uh, steal the painting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's that like temple, not a temple holding cell, but it's a central, uh, duty free shop, essentially, right? Right. So, that's where you first see the uh, I, I call it the tenant fight scenes where they're like the guy he's fighting and he's like reversing things. So like he's grabbing the gun into him. Right. Yeah. Or he, he's like, uh, there's doing it such a way where like it, it's looking like it would, if it was in reverse, he'd be throwing the gun, that right. kind of thing. Is, is that what you're getting? Yeah. At? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause in that Great. case, I have to agree because I watched those uh, those fight scenes a couple of times and I was like, this is really well done and it shouldn't look as good as it does for the concept. Because yeah, the you're concept dealing with so weird. two characters who are fighting in real time, but also at the same time rewinding as they're going forward. Like it's yeah. even saying that I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's crazy. But that's essentially what the movie is, is just yeah. inverting and inverting, I guess. <laughs> but so, yes. OK, in that regard. And also, like I said, I, I don't edit anything. So, I mean, for you to say that it must have been a bitch to edit any editing of a movie is a bitch to edit. I mean, oh, seriously, all oh, jokes hands aside. Down. Hands down. Editing is not an easy job, especially when you got the freaking director breathing down your neck the whole time. I think that's why yeah. Kevin Smith and, and, and certain guys do their own editing. Just straight up. I think that might be it too. And I think it's also, um, I almost feel like for Nolan, for him, it's probably better that someone else edits the movie. Yeah. Because I feel like he's, uh, I feel like, and this is not a knock to Nolan because I, I think he's, amazing he's still like one of my favorite directors but i think he's very much like this is my baby because when he's doing something he's doing one thing at a time he's not like you know he doesn't come out with four movies in one year he comes out with one movie every like four or five years you know yeah so he's immersed in this world and so I feel like it's probably better for him to have somebody come in and say, okay, so that baby that you're holding in your hands, I'm going to take it and I'm going to cu- cut it up and we're going to try to get it as close to what you wanted. I feel like he'd be too much of a perfectionist or he might even be the opposite where he's like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know what to say, yeah. but, uh, but yes, I will give props to the editor. 
So, so Jennifer Lane. I mean, yeah, cinematography was gorgeous. I mean, but that's kind of a given in all. Like, but at the same time, I, I still feel like you have to say it, though. Yeah, like I mean, like obviously this isn't high on my list of Nolan movies, but still, it's gorgeous. It's you know, ever since ever, fuck, fall, well, I mean, following was different. His very first one, but like Insomnia up, like his his movies are always gorgeous looking. Yes, yes, actually, that's uh, following is the and uh, Dunkirk are the only two I haven't seen yet. Mm. Dunkirk was damn good. I, I I don't know why I'm not watching it. But I mean, like it's it's different. Like Dunkirk's so different for Nolan too, because it, it's a straightforward World War II movie. I think yeah. that's part of what fucked me up about it, because it was like it was a straightforward war movie, and then I was like I was waiting for it to come out, uh, and then I was like, there's got to be something else to this movie. Like there's got to be some other, you know. But mm-hmm. it's it's just straight up just based on true events movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's I mean it the acting's insane and the audio. Oh, oh I God. have a question. Does Kenneth Branagh play a Russian bad guy in this movie too? Like in Dunkirk. In Dunkirk, no, no. You know what? He plays. I've always loved his acting. He's such a great actor, but he plays these kind of like crazy villains so well it blows my mind that he's never been in a bond um i wouldn't he does play them really really well but i don't think personally i didn't think his satyr character was that much different than his uh, bad guy in shadow agent yeah the jack ryan movie yeah almost exactly the same like i was Very just kind of like could you could you try a little bit more yeah but you're right like Especially after this, uh, this is 100% a sci-fi James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, I mean, this is your black James Bond right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I think um, you're hoping for a franchise, but COVID kind of killed that. COVID and reviews. <laughs> yeah, see, that's... Um, as far as this being a potential franchise movie, and this is from a guy that liked the movie, I don't think that I would see a Tenant 2. No. Because, um, I don't know, I don't feel like, honestly, I don't care to see the rest of the story. I don't keep, care to see the, the protagonist. Uh, oh, massive, massive spoilers, in case you're one of the 158 you're you're new to us and you don't know that we spoil movies. Um, I don't care to see him be the guy that actually creates Tenant, you know, and is the head of Tenant, meets up with Neil, you know, recruits all these people. Right, right. You know, the the bits and pieces of the story that they gave us throughout this movie was good enough for me. I'm fine with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I find with Nolan movies, there aren't, like, excluding the batman franchise there aren't too many movies that i could honestly say that i i do want to see a sequel to like think about it like even inception well, no, I think his, inception, his movies yeah but his movies are pretty standalone like they usually come with a pretty solid like inception it's got an end to it 100 percent. Mm-hmm. you know just like I feel like this movie has an end to it. Too. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Like even though I'm not a huge Tenet fan, I wouldn't mind him continuing the story in a different medium. That might be cool, like a comic series or a video game. He's a massive gamer. I just found that because he was at the Game Awards, he did the 
he presented the award for game of the year at the game awards well hold on but does that necessarily mean he's a gamer yeah i've read interviews he loves gaming (laughs) interesting then so i mean like sort of like a prince of persia sands of time like yeah i think it'd be really really cool to see him step interesting Hmm. i mean ben vin diesel loves gaming and he goes back and forth I think a video game would probably be the best medium to continue yeah. this. I would, I'd have to agree. So kudos, Kenneth. Thank you, Chris. What's your, uh, what's your next like? My next if, like is there, is my, there any? No, you know what? My, most of my likes um, have to do with the cast. All right. So like I've already said, Kenneth. Oh yeah. So I, I, ha- I have like a pretty bump. I, I like Kenneth Rana. John David Washington. I love him. He brings the same like uh, performance where he demands your attention as father does. He, he's a, I think I actually, he's, on, he's on the right path. Like I watched Black Klansman and he was so damn fucking good in that movie. So I was <laughs> pumped when he was announced for this. Cause I was like, yeah, okay. I really enjoyed him in this. I, I have to agree. I was captivated by him the second that, uh, we were introduced to him and I was brought all the way through. Like I was like, yep. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I want to hesitate to compare him to his dad though, because I don't feel like he's doing the same stuff that his dad does. No, no. Definitely. I will agree with the words you use though. Cause you did say he uh, commands that attention much yeah. like his father. So I'll agree with that statement. Yes. But I do think he's forging his own path, but he, he was phenomenal in this movie. He was a standout for me. I mean, he was able to stand shoulder to shoulder with Kenneth Branagh. And it was like, you know, like in some movies, you're just kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Whereas Mm -hmm. this one, it was like, nothing felt out of place. No, no person felt out of place in this movie. Yeah. Um, other than that, like, I mean, like, Robert Pattinson is a great actor. Like, we all know that. Yeah, he, he's um, good. And, and he I liked the, him in this movie. He had really great chemistry, too, with Washington, which helped. Yep. You know, they weren't, uh, like, two odd ducks on the screen together. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, I don't even really want to go too much into it. Just the whole cast was really good. Everyone had chemistry in this movie, I which I noticed. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Debicki was uh, probably the highlight for me. I thought she was amazing in this. I don't know who she is. I've never seen anything else in her. I actually have to agree. I had no idea who she was either. Um, And I almost feel like it's one of those where, like, because Nolan gets a lot of flack for the women in his movies. Apparently, like, there's a lot of people that think he doesn't treat women as well as he treats the men. And, uh, and I'm trying to figure out where they get this idea from because I always feel like his women are, are actually like the characters are really done really well. Like I don't really feel like they're that bad, but maybe it's something I'm missing because I'm a dude and I yeah. don't think of these things from a, a female's perspective, but her, I thought was really good. The only thing actually, no, uh, that's not a character thing. That's just a movie thing. So that's, yeah. So I, as far as the characters and stuff, Really great. She was a standout for me too. I thought she was yeah. really. I don't. Where where would they get that from? Maybe the fact that women are always secondary characters in his movies, and he hasn't had one I, as, a, as the lead. I think that's part of it. Or um, 
it might be that the, they're damsels or, or something like that, or they're just there because you have to have a woman in the story. I, I wish I, I apologize, Geek Mancers. I should have referenced this article before I brought it up. But like, because <laughs> like even as I'm saying some of this stuff, I'm looking at like Catwoman, I thought uh, was a pretty well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like she was, uh, like I felt she was actually a pretty good on-screen representation of the comic book character. Yeah. Uh, but then even in uh, your favorite movie, The Prestige, I didn't think like that there were like, I had no issues with Scarlett Johansson's character. I had no issues with, I can't remember the woman who played uh, uh, Borden's wife, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I had no issues there. And uh, just so you know, Geek Panthers, it is literally his favorite Nolan movie, The Prestige. That's the one. Tops his list. He loves the ending so much. That's his favorite part of the whole movie. I will. I will. Um, I will mention <laughs> the prestige again at the end of this. But <laughs> why does this movie uh, bump the prestige, and this is like your least favorite movie? <laughs> and Sam. <laughs> and- <laughs> so, so basically, what it was was give it enough time, Nolan will make a movie that makes me want to rewatch the prestige and go, you know what? That is actually not a bad, that's a fine movie. I really, you know what? The thing with the prestige was sense. they threw a twist after a twist, after a twist, after a twist, after a twist. It wouldn't fucking end, but at least I understood it. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, uh, actors, I, I got set, set pieces. Okay. You got anything else in your, uh, your likes? Uh, no, not really. Okay. All some right. So inverted, I'm just some some of the inverted stuff looked cool. That's that's about it. <laughs> I thought all the inverted stuff looked really cool. Well, like okay, the inverted especially stuff... because like when we saw the car in the trailer, was like holy shit, that looked really really cool. But then to see like the initial fight scene, that in like in the hallway, you know, I was like, whoa, wow, that was really cool. So yeah. building up to it, it was all really really cool. Um, the temporal pincher attack that was one of those ones where it was cool in premise like when they're showing okay so you know these people are coming up here and then these people are are coming down here uh and and you know the timing is going to be 10 minutes a 10 minute window and these people are going forward in time and these people are going backwards in time you're like oh man it looks really cool but then the actual end sequence uh I don't, it wasn't hard to follow, but it wasn't really that cool. And I think it was because there was too many moving parts. There's too much going on. And that, that's kind of like the inverted stuff was a, was a plus and a negative for me because it does look cool, but sometimes it looks so too fast and too out of place that it almost looks fake. Like it, it sometimes it took me. But it out, would have to look fake though, of, because like you wouldn't be able to, like if this was real life, let's just say for real life it would look fake like it would look weird because what oh, you're yeah. doing is 100%. you're taking the bullet out of like i'm taking the bullet that i shot into yeah. you yeah. out of you and back into my own gun so yeah it is and then Please. like if it's through glass then that hole is now like there's no hole there so yeah it is gonna look weird it's gonna look weird but the thing is it, it looks so unnatural that it took my attention away from the characters and what was going on around it 
So okay. like that final sequence of the movie where all the inverted explosions are going off, I had such a hard time focusing on what was happening because that's the whole time I'm just looking at all these things going off going, oh my God, like. Okay, yeah, no, no, I, that, that I get, like that makes perfect sense and I understand that. Because um, yeah. I have to agree, like I did say that the last sequence was the messiest for me. So it yeah. was. It, there was just too and much. And that was where I found I actually focused myself, like I focused on the people instead of all that other surrounding stuff. Because while it was really cool, it, you know, it was a little distracting. So, okay, I, I, I got that. Um, this one, I think, is going to be for a lot of the haters. <laughs> but the sound was incredible in this movie. Yeah. Like Nolan movies have a history of being like, like sound worthy. In fact, um, the intro, the opening sequence in Dark Knight, where uh, Joker's goons are robbing the bank, that is one of those scenes that I would use to demo uh, home audio. Because, you know, you've got like the loud explosions, you've got glass breaking, you've got gunshots, you've got all these things happening, but everything's very clear and distinct. Mm -hmm. And you've also got that like, um, low dubstep sound profile that uh, Hans Zimmer likes to use. Yeah. But uh, sound is incredible. And uh, I did not miss a single hint of dialogue. Me neither. No issues. No issues listening to it. As much as I, I, as much as I may go off on this movie, the audio and the sound was as great as any Nolan movie ever is. Everyone's been saying that since The Dark Knight. Yeah. More so Dark Knight Rises. They went off on Dark Knight Rises. Like, remember Ooh. all the shit about Bane? Oh! They had a no field day with Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. And then, and then from there, just over and over again, like, Interstellar got ripped apart. Dunkirk got ripped apart. And I don't get it, because I can hear everything. Yeah. Yeah, I had no issues oh. with, the, with hearing the dialogue or whatever. But yeah. then again, maybe it's because we are genetically superior. Ah! I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just me, ladies and gentlemen. Nope. It's the collective. Collective. If you're a geek pantser, you're genetically superior. That's it. That's all. Um, the uh, the last thing that I will say that I really liked about this movie is I liked how the title "Tenant" is a palindrome, and I like how. By the time you get to the end of this movie, you realize that it's actually starting, or it ends where the movie started. So it is, in fact, palindrome, which is very cool, very, very cool. Um, and the concept, like how they describe some of the things, the time travel stuff, uh, not so much the time travel stuff, but like the, um, the inversion, where you can pick the bullet up as long as you believe that you, th you threw it down, you know? Yeah. That was kind of one of those where I was like, oh, that's that's kind of neat and that's kind of cool. So when you saw that in the battle sequences, I thought, oh, that's really, really cool, right? Um, as long as you don't think about it too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so overall, I do really like this movie. Is this immediately one of my like all-time Nolan favorites? The answer is no. I do like the movie, but it's not one of my all-time Nolan favorites. Because as I'm saying this, I don't know when 
I will rewatch this or if I will rewatch this. That's where I'm at right now. I like the movie, but I don't know if it's one like like Inception. Inception, I rewatched the shit out of that where I actually was like, okay, now I got to stop. I can't watch this movie for a <laughs> while because yeah. Like it's just it's too much of the same, right? Right. Yeah, uh, same with Prestige. Prestige was another one that I uh I actually had to stop watching. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, uh, okay, well, you know what? I started with the likes. Hit me with your dislikes. Hit me with the dislikes. Hit me no. with your dislikes. Fire away. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to start off. I'll, I'll start off with the smaller stuff. And I'll start off with this because we just mentioned audio. One of my dislikes is the score by Ludwig Goransson in this is good but it's totally forgettable and i, I was just gonna myself, say the same thing i found myself missing hans zimmer the entire time because hans zimmer always does christopher nolan so i don't know why he took a break from this one but it was it <clears throat> yeah. was incredibly noticed like his big booming the inception score is one of the best scores in history interstellar is one of the best scores in history man is I mean, steel is one of the best superhero themes ever like that, uh, Hans Zimmer's the guy that friggin' like made that bass, like, blah. yeah, that whole thing. He made that to the point where even the shitty movies were like, no, no, no we got to have that thing in the in the trailer. It's got to be like, blah. Blah. random exposition, yeah. explosions, yeah. more exposition, blah. shitty movie that you'll never see, blah. bass drop. That's- <laughs> You know, I hey, I think I just did a trailer right there. That was That's good. Awesome. That was good. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Uh, but yes, but yeah, I no, agree, hundred percent. Super forgettable. There was no, there was no like theme in this. Like, like I can think. Well, Dunk Dunkirk had great music, but there's no real great theme to that either. But every other one, I think before that, like I can think of the Inception music in my head right now. Even. I can play almost the entire like Dark Knight uh, soundtrack in my head right now. Yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. Hundred percent. I don't know why Nolan switched it up. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you know what? Maybe, um, maybe it was just timing where Hans Zimmer was busy doing other movies. Yeah, he is busy right now. Um, yeah, because it's not like he's waiting around for that sweet Nolan paycheck. Yeah, but I mean, like again, well, he he did Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, so that's probably where he went to because Rupert Gregson Williams didn't do that one. So yeah, although could have flipped horrible, it. Horrible mistake. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, okay, so here's mine. It was a bit longer than it should have been. Mm-hmm. I know that you uh, you had said that you definitely felt the time. I had felt it. Uh, I actually I felt it in two specific sections. I felt it um, just after the first hour mark, where this is where you first get the sense of this movie, how this movie is going to play out. And this is where like uh, the protagonist is getting into that black armor and that full mask stuff. And that's when you start to go, Oh, so he fights himself at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. That's where I went, how much longer is this movie? And then I was like, Oh, it's like, we're at the halfway mark now. Yeah. Oh, because like, it is a, a fast-paced movie. Like a, they're constantly moving, but they're 
uh, what I mean by is they're changing sceneries, but the plot is slow moving. Yes. So it's it's almost like they trick you into thinking it's a, a shorter movie than it is, but they obviously didn't do a good enough job because because I actually went, huh. And then the other part was later on when they have that inverted boat scene where Kat's on the boat with Seder. Right. And right. that's at that day where the last happy day or whatever, and that was where he was going to kill himself. And that scene, remind me about that. That's on my, my dislike, <laughs> that scene itself. But at that point too, I was like, how much longer is this movie? And then I'm like, oh, it's another 40 minutes left. What is, what more could they tell me? Right. Cause that's right before the end sequence in the, uh, in the desert there. Yeah. So I was just like, wow. So, and I've never done that with a Nolan movie where I was like, I looked at the clock type of thing or looked at the runtime. I've never done that at all. And I did yeah. that twice with this movie. And this is a movie that I liked. I did it. I did it numerous times. It, uh, it, it's, it's overly long and it's convoluted. And I found, honestly, I found it boring at times. I found myself wanting to look at my phone more than once. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely, I can and get That's usually that. how I can generate whether I like a movie or not, is my... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was... I, I don't know what it is. I, you know what? It kind of like, it kind of leads into this little thing here. This isn't really... Um, okay, so... I love Dunkirk, right? Yep. But like I said, it's a direct to the point World War II type of movie. Right. Um, so it's easy to see how Nolan tackled that one on his own. Like he wrote the screenplay, he directed this from the screenplay. Like, okay. All him, right? Everything yeah, yeah. before that was with his brother, Jonathan. Right. That's right. And I think, I think Jonathan kind of reeled him back on a lot of the crazy fucking shit because Jonathan okay. wrote the screenplay for Interstellar by himself and Spielberg was directing it. Spielberg had to drop out oh. and, then his, and then his brother came in. And when Christopher came in, he rewrote Jonathan's script to the point where Jonathan <laughs> was so upset at the end because all his favorite things from the ending, Christopher removed. Oh, so is that why they don't had, work together? I think they've had a little bit of a falling out now. Well, I mean, if we'd made a movie and you like took what I wrote, or yeah. even if I did the same. Yeah. And I and and that whole thing that like especially the ending where you're just like this this is the movie right here because that's what a good ending is a good ending is that's that's the movie right there yeah. or yeah. the climax I should say the climax right. is the movie that's what it should be so if I went and did that and then went uh, nope 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 and yeah. then went how about this you know and yeah. then I, way I'm of doing it away. Like, apparently, the end of Interstellar was very science-based. Like, everything was incredibly science-based, and it wasn't going to have a happy oh. ending. He wasn't going to go in the books or meet his elderly daughter or go back to be Ooh. with Anne Hathaway. Like, all those little science fiction things Christopher put in there. That, that, that's, that's science fiction. It's fiction. Jonathan wanted a realistic right. science movie. I saved civilization, but he dies in space. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, I, I, because I found that weird. Like I knew Christopher did Dunkirk on his own, and but I just assume it was because he was a bigger war fan than his brother, something along the lines of that. Okay, yeah. With this with Tenet, but I was also like, like you is, said too, it's a it's a pretty self contained story. 
It is. It is. It's very self. You know, but we're not dealing with like temporal yeah. pinchers and quantum singularities and Other interstellar things. time travel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, prefacing it by saying, hey, hey, uh, don't think about it. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. We're going to dump a bunch of exposition on you. Just pick and choose the stuff that makes sense to you. But if it doesn't, then don't worry about it. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe if this was co-written by Jonathan, it would have been easier to get. That's okay. Okay. All right. I'm starting to believe that he's a better storyteller on the page and Christopher's great at bringing it to life. And it could also be like, like you said, to ring it in where he's kind of like, he's like, yeah. oh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. But we, yeah. well, we need this and this and this, you know? Like the protagonist might have had a name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was just like, uh, his first name was Proteus. <laughs> Pro -pro Proteus the protagonist. <laughs> his, uh, his middle name was uh, Tag. Tag. And his last name was Onist. Odin. And they called him protagonist as a joke because yeah. of the. Oof, that, that was rough. That was a rough yeah, one to say. I, that, that probably tops everything, every bad joke I've ever said on here. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and if it does, if it does, I'll give you some credit. If it does, I'm just going to wait either the rest of this camcast or a couple of camcasts. You'll outdo it. I'll I do won't it. have to worry. I'll outdo it. You'll reclaim your crown soon enough. Um, okay, so um, oh, I had the link. Oh, yeah. So you did your was that your dislike? Yeah. I oh, mean, no, well, I was, I was talking about the length. I was talking about the length. So you were on the length, yeah. And then I kind of went went on a little tangent there with the brothers, but um, I, I think I think I think a lot of the length problem has to do with the behind the scenes stuff. I don't know Which, if I like now. Now I'm anxious to see Christopher Nolan's next movie to see if it's this again or if he can get back to that great stuff that I love. To see if right, it's like brother, maybe this, it was his brother. That, maybe, but this movie uh, isn't too much. It's within the same length of time as a lot of like his last what five movies. Easily, but you know what? Those. Last I'm just trying to think. Were, like, what Batman Begins was just over two hours. Batman Begins is probably the shortest one. Like that's, Dark, what, that's what I'm getting Knight, at. Like Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises are are close to the two and a half mark. I think. Well, Dark Knight is two twenty. I think yeah, they're both about no. Dark Knight Rises is about two and a half. 40. I think it's around two forty or so. I think it's a little longer. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because Dark Knight is about two and a half. Yeah, and then that one's like almost three hours. Uh, you can just start to feel that one. That one yeah. you can start to feel. But I mean, if I don't count those because it's Batman and then we love Batman. Yeah. I look at like Inception, Interstellar, and Dunkirk, which are all around the two and a half mark. Yeah. Not once did I look at see how much time is remaining. Uh, with the exception of Dunkirk, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I I don't remember ever going like, what? How much time is left on this movie here? Yeah. Not once. Okay. Um. Well, I mentioned the boat scene. Yeah. The boat scene bothered me. Mainly because uh, inverted Catherine, um, you know, kills Seder, which is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, even though that was kind of surprising because they had said that Seder's death could cause the end of everything. 
but then she does it and nothing happens. So they're just kind of like, okay, yeah. all right. But what bothered me, <laughs> this is so, I don't know, like maybe, maybe I just missed this, but when she jumps off the boat, she does it in clear view of the other boat that's transporting the verted Catherine and her, and her son, Max. And I'm so positive they see the other her. Catherine sees her. Hundred percent, I am positive that she sees her. Now, maybe she doesn't recognize her. Maybe, but she clearly saw a woman jump off the boat. Yes. And when they get back on the boat, Sater's well. At this point, Sater's missing. Yeah. But he's going to be fairly easy to find because they're going to look in the general vicinity of the boat. So it's like. So well, it's dragged, just kind of like dragged his body away on the back of the other boat. Sorry, they dragged his body away on the back of the other. Boat. Oh, right. Yes, that's right. That's right. But but like there's but still that part. But that his body was floating right beside the other boat that everyone is getting onto now. So how did they tie a rope around it and hook it onto the other one? How did they not? How did the uh, upcoming boat not see them drag Sater to the other boat? His body just going across the fucking water. <laughs> Right. So that part was uh, one of the few times like in this storyline, in this plot of this movie, this is a scene where I was like, huh? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Well, now I don't know this whole movie could even have happened. Like this is this is some great a horse shit. But I I swear to God, I I don't know why. But that one was where I was like, wait, what? And obviously, like you kind of felt the same way because you pegged it right away. Yeah. Well, I mean, that aspect right there. I was loving the boat scene up to that, though. Like, I really was. The fact yes. that he was planning so far ahead, like, taking the cables off, putting the sunscreen on the ground to make it slippery so she could slide yes. the body off. Yes. That's cool. But then she That's does genius. it. And then she, she fucking waits until they're almost there, and then she does it. And now yeah. they're, they're right there to see her do all this. And I was... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. What else right. you got? I really have got much more, man. I mean, yeah, my, not me neither. My, me my neither. main, my main, like, really, it's just to tie it up is I didn't really care for this. this is is easily my least favorite Nolan film. I, I am really, really fucking happy. I did a chance watching this on the big screen in a pandemic. Uh, you know what, like. I have to say, I'm glad I didn't either, but I'm also really glad that when I saw the trailers and, you know, this was the first one where I was like, you know what? No, I'm good. I don't need to see this one in the theater. And I knew it was going to be a spectacle movie because he does a, a really great spectacle movie. Yeah. He, he, I feel like he does like a, like a high concept spectacle movie. I feel like he does them really, really well. I am super disappointed i didn't see dunkirk in the theater like i i really was like i don't even know why i didn't go see it in the theater i think it was just one of those i think it might have been a war movie and i think i was like i don't know but i can't i like in retrospect if i uh if I had access to a time machine i would go see i would use that just yeah. to see you know uh dunkirk in the theater because because now I'm like, well, I could watch it at home, you know, because my, my sound system is decent. It's actually pretty good. But I'm just like, ah, fuck. But I'm glad I didn't see it in the theater. If I saw this in the theater, 
I don't think I would have liked it as much. I think I would have been actually very disappointed if I saw this in the theater. That's my gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been disappointed. And I would have felt bad because I probably would have dragged my wife along with me. And she was so bored during this, she left and had to walk. <laughs> wow. She, she left the house completely. <laughs> wow. So this was one of those movies where I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this by myself. I, I know how this is going to go. It's not, yeah. it's not Michelle's cup of tea, so I'm not going to subject her to it. Mm-hmm. I like to uh, sparingly subject her to those types of movies and just kind of see what happens, you know? <laughs> just to see what happens. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so then now I'm intrigued. What's your new Nolan list? Oh, okay. Um trying to think here i'm trying to think should i pull up his filmography i think i got it all in my head it's got the three batmans inception interstellar dunkirk this following insomnia and memento right is that it is that all you missed the prestige (laughs) i missed the prestige (laughs) shocking (laughs) i'm not surprised at all my my first my first um now is probably Interstellar. I have fallen more and more in love with that every time I watch it. That one I gotta rewatch. I have not watched it as uh, enough, but I gotta yeah. watch that one. So I really, really love that one now. Um, and then it would be Batman Begins. Yep. Okay. I love Batman Begins still. Um, Batman Begins, and then I would say Dark Knight Rises. And then I'd probably go Dark Knight. So it'd be the three Batmans probably in a row. Okay. And then um, I'm going to say probably Memento and then Inception. Okay. Memento is a fucking masterpiece, but it's one of those movies where once you know the ending, it kind of takes away from the rewatches, right? Yeah. And uh, I have to agree with that. I remember the first time I watched it, Actually, with you, we watched it uh, at your place. Yeah, yeah. And I believe you watched it first, and you were like, "You got to watch this movie." Yeah. And then I watched it, and I was like, "Wow, this is really good." But then when I watched it again, I was like, "Oh, it's it's like the Sixth Sense. It's very much like the Sixth Sense, where I think I've only watched it literally three times because yeah. after the second time, it was like." You, the second time you watch it and you go, oh, oh, you start to, oh, yeah, I see all those things. And then after that, you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with yeah, Memento. Like, and Saw was the same way. Like, Saw was a really great horror oh, movie. Oh, Saw. Was. But then the ending, Ooh. that ending just made me go, holy shit, this must be might be one of the best horror movies I've seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. But because but now I it. know that ending, <laughs> right? So. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> although I will say uh, the second saw was really good too. I liked that. The one. second saw is really good, and the third's pretty good too. Like the first three yeah. are great, and then it goes down way down. Well, then it's that. like they have to find like, <laughs> oh, but it was the brother of the sister's kid <laughs> was a secret uh, apprentice to Jigsaw, and yeah. uh, now he's Jigsaw, and it makes sense, right? Yeah. Just keep buying our movie. And then the final chapter. To its credit. They yeah. made bank every single one of their movies. So final chapter, of the final jigsaw was Carrie Ells from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? what? Come on! Like 
You think Carrie Ells would have sat there and said, like, you look, I'll, I'll be in the movie because I'll make money doing this, but this is dumb, right? Yeah. Like, this makes no sense. Just yeah, saying. The paycheck. First movie, I, I did it because I enjoyed it. This movie, paycheck. <laughs> I uh, actually thought, so it was interesting because it, like, put Eli Roth on the map, and then that was it. No, that that's hostile. Eli Roth is oh. hostile. This hostile, is, this right. Is James, this is James Wan and Lee Winnell. Why did I think it was Eli Roth? Never Probably mind. The torture porn. Ugh. I'm glad yeah. that fad is over with. Yeah, I'm glad that took a break for a while. Um, Hopefully forever. Hopefully forever. forever. If there's a fucking human centipede five, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. <laughs> you heard it here first. If there's a human centipede five, I'm going to... Well, I shouldn't say that because I might have just jinxed it, but I will... Certainly think about killing somebody. <laughs> It'll be the writer director of the centipede, the human centipede movies. Oh yeah, Tom Nix, the guy's fucked. I don't think anyone's gonna miss him. No. Nah. Okay, so where where to go? Inception. What's left here? Uh, there's Insomnia. It's okay. Insomnia will be next because Robin Williams is fucking amazing in that. Yeah, he's amazing in it. Oh. Um, and the way it's shot is really really cool. Yeah. But that's about it, I think. Like, I mean, I love Al Pacino, but I don't, he wasn't really doing anything different in this movie. Yeah. No, it's kind of like a, a by the numbers type of movie, too, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, this is one of his earlier movies, right? So I could, yeah. I can understand, like, he doesn't have the cloud where he could sit there and be like, no, what we're going to do is we're going to have buildings fold on top of each other. Yeah. And then, and then they're going to go, we can't do that actually yes we can and we will because i just made you a ton of money on the dark knight <laughs> bring the bank oh no wait was it uh batman begins batman begins he made all that money then he did inception yes inception was between batman begins and dark knight that's right that's right and which is hilarious could you imagine like getting batman begins and then going like yeah no no, no. i'll do this movie uh, but if I do this movie, you got to let me do this movie here. This crazy, weird dream heist movie. Yeah. And they're like, sure, fine, whatever. I mean, the Batman movie is going to do money, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be any better than the George Clooney one. And then it does like box office numbers and everyone's like, it's the best Batman movie of all time. And he's just like that dream heist movie. Let's do it. And they're like, yeah, sure. What, how much money do you need? Here's a blank check. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really feel like I'm forgetting something. Did he do a movie between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises? Did he do Interstellar right after Dark Knight Rises, right? I believe so. So did he do something in between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises? I feel like I'm forgetting one for some reason. Well, you haven't said the Prestige yet. No. The, oh, <laughs> you know what? Okay, buddy. Prestige was in between Batman Begins and Dark Knight. In the, Inception was after Dark Knight. That's right. That's right. Because I knew that's he did right. a movie in between every Batman. No, that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Because because Dark Knight did so well, that's why he was able to do Inception. Yeah. That's right. And that makes sense, too, because, I mean, while well, you couple with the death of Heath Ledger, and it's just, whoosh. Yeah. It's just crazy. So, and so then it'd be following this first film. And then be prestige and tenant. Now, 
under normal circumstances, I would give my, my own list, but because mine's unfinished, the list will have to wait. Um, but Oh, I didn't even fucking say Dunkirk on my list. No, you didn't. Wait a I minute. I totally Can skipped it? Dunkirk. How the fuck did I skip Dunkirk? Dunkirk would be... Top five? Dunkirk's top five. Yeah, okay. Dunkirk is in between Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight. Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm good now. Okay. Yeah, so like I said, I would do mine, but once I finish the movies, then we'll give you my revised uh, my revised list. Unfortunately, Tenet would probably be closer to the bottom, though. Yeah. And that's... Well, you know what it is? It's like... Uh, like, I like all of his movies. Some movies I love. Some movies I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. But other movies I like, so it's like... Like, a mov- there are movies that have to be at the bottom of the list. It doesn't oh. make them a bad movie. They just have to be at the bottom of the list. I actually think Tenet might be at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Simply, simply because, like... Well, just by me saying I don't anticipate rewatching it anytime soon, it's a pretty clear indictment of the movie, even though I, I said that I like it. Like, I do like it, but if you yeah. said, hey, Ken, uh, or Chris, you want to rewatch, uh, you know, Tenet right now? I would say, no, I'm good. Yeah. And I don't know when it'll get to a point where I'll go, you know what? Let's watch Tenet again. Let's put that on the, the old uh, Netflix or streaming service or whatever, you know? Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you would have said right now, like, let's do a live stream of Inception, I would say, okay, let's do it. Maybe Insomnia might be at the, Insomnia will be closer to the the bottom of the list, but I I don't know if that would be the absolute bottom. I'd have to rewatch it again. Mm -hmm. But that one, I would say probably closer to the bottom simply because it is by the numbers, uh, you know, whodunit thriller. Yeah. But only made really good because of how, crazy chilling robin williams was that you know what he's an amazing comedian and a great dramatic actor but holy shit that might be one of his best roles ever oh yeah like oh yeah oh you're right chilling chilling's the word like to think that a guy that made me smile so much as a child could give me chills like that (laughs) i think and that might be why though because yeah he's got like literal decades of being robin williams in his movies um so like could you imagine the fucking teacher from goodwill hunting killing people no you couldn't you know (laughs) mrs doubtfire (laughs) exactly like so it's like it's that aspect there so to do that then it's just like whoa like wow that's crazy cool so yeah. i think i'm uh, i honestly think that that's why you know actually you know what i really want to fucking rewatch it now that we're talking about it i know <laughs> i think i uh, put it on my my list for, for for pretty soon to watch it again i'm i'm gonna see if we can uh, track it down for the weekend and because uh, i think michelle will like that movie i think she yeah. would like it you know yeah um prestige would be higher up on my list but i i yeah. don't but I don't know if it's top five. It's tough because he's done a lot of really good fucking movies that again, it's like, like out of the what 11 movies that he's done. Like, obviously there has to be one that's not as good as the rest. 
right? Right, and I mean that's fine. So like, it's like I, it's I, not I, like an indictment of of it's as a whole. Like even though I love his movie, I, I would never like be upset that a director made a movie that didn't click with me because it's basically like all my favorite directors got movies that don't click with me. You know, like yeah, Spielberg's got what I would consider duds, even though some people might think they're masterpieces. You know, like what? Oh. What uh well a lot of his later stuff I don't really enjoy. Like Tintin? Tintin was good. Tintin was good. That, Tintin looked Tintin looked like it would be good, actually. That was a fun adventure movie, and I'm really bummed they never did the sequel with Peter Jackson directing like they had planned. I think I think what it is is that Spielberg is a certain type of he's a he's a generational director. Yeah. So and I and I'll put Martin Scorsese in that bracket as well too. So he's a generational director where they were prolific and groundbreaking for their time period. Mm-hmm. But the industry is past them now. So not to knock them in any way, shape, or form because they're still going to make good movies. But you might be beyond that now. Yeah, movies you that don't click with me, right? Like Warhorse, Spielberg did Warhorse. I, I saw thought, the trailer I, and immediately I was like, no. Nah. I thought I was really good. I hoped I was really going to like it because, I mean, like, he's made some amazing war movies. No. The BFG? I, BFG? No. That was another one I didn't even watch because I was just like, nah, you know what? Yeah. So I got a feel from the trailers and I was like, you know what? Maybe, like, maybe if it's one of those where it's on or like I come across and it's like, yeah, maybe I'll give it a go. Warhorse for sure. I was like, no, there's no way. I mean, Tarantino, Kevin Smith, like, I'll think about all my favorite directors, and all of them have movies that just don't click with me, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Um, I think for Kevin Smith, it it is his Tusk phase. That's where I was like, I don't even want to watch it. Red State was pretty cool. I heard that was pretty cool. I heard that was pretty Tusk cool. Tusk is, no, definitely not. Yoga Hosers, I didn't even go near. Didn't even want to watch it. I was like, "This looks god awful." Yeah, I didn't uh, like. No, that one. That was another one. Red State was the only one out of that trilogy that I was like, "I want to check out." Yeah, because like Michael Parks and John Goodman are really freaking good. Yeah, but tell me when John Goodman's not really freaking good. True, but it's cool. It's a cool movie. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. These comedies, I, I enjoy all his comedies though. Like even, Smith? yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Cop out, you know. Yeah. Cop, cop out was. I wanted to like it more than than I did. Yeah. Um I actually honestly think it would have been better if Bruce Willis was not in the movie. Me too, and I think it would have been better because Kevin Smith wouldn't have to deal with Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think that that part of it, uh, you know, and that's funny because that's also the the time period when I started to kind of go what's up with Bruce Willis? Like, he just seems like a weird dude now. And then, of course, you find out he is a weird, weird dude. dude. He's a weird you know? dude now. Yeah. You know. But, I don't but know. hey, That's they can't sad. all be winners. They can't all click with everybody. That's kind of the whole but point. So overall, maybe, uh, I liked the movie, but yeah, you know what? I, I think it's going to get a pass on this one where I'm not, I'm not going to be watching it anytime soon. I can tell you that right now. I'll I'll never watch it again. 
Oh yeah, no, I know. I, I had that feeling that you would. Well, for the amount of time that it, it is, a two and a half, for me to feel the way I did it by the end of it, I was like never watching it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I don't even want to play that whole card where, like, if you didn't understand it, you know, you're you're not smarter or anything. Because I know people play that card. Yeah. Um. But I I I think about it now, and it's it's not so it's not your job to figure out how the movie works Mm -hmm. it's the director's job to show you it and make you understand it yeah so if you can't understand it it'll be partly on you but it's going to be large a large part on uh the director itself yeah and because i had i had mentioned this movie at the beginning so sort of to tenet or invert it I was one of those guys that when I watched 12 monkeys for the first time and people were like, Oh, you're going to have to watch it two or three times before you understand that movie. I was like, Oh, really? But I totally understood the movie all the way through because well, and I'm not going to say it like the, was it Terry Gillum? Terry Gillum. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't dumb the movie down. And he didn't hold your hand through the whole movie, but he also, uh, he didn't, uh, he didn't like cheapen it. You know what I mean? Like he said, this is a story, you know, and it's up to you to figure it out, but I'm going to lay it out so that by the end of the movie, you should be like, oh, but it's on the repeat viewings that you appreciate it more. Right. At least that's how I felt about 12 Monkeys. I, I've seen 12 Monkeys twice, and I, I've never cared for 12 Monkeys. So when you told me this is kind of like Bond meets 12 Monkeys, I was like, oh. oh!" I that's hope. what I said. Bond meets 12 Monkeys. That's yeah, right. You said yeah. Bond meets 12 Monkeys. That's I, hilarious. When you that's said so 12 funny. Monkeys, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> but, but now, actually, after you watch the movie, do you not agree? I, I 100% agree. Except that 12 Monkeys is a better movie than this. I will say that been years since i've seen it but I, I vividly remember not liking it and then watching it again and going yeah, i still don't like it but again oh. terry, terry gillum is one of those guys where he's kind of like scorsese like everyone loves him and i've never really cared for his stuff okay yeah yeah um i i actually i think he's one of those where he i think he's one of those guys where you either like him or you don't yeah and there's no middle ground Whereas Scorsese, there's a bit of middle ground because there's a little more, a little more. Like I'm not a I huge like, Scorsese. Um, John John Waters. You, you know, you taught John Waters movies. <laughs> they're they yeah, You either like them or you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You either like him or you don't. I can tell you right now. Uh, I've only watched one John Waters movie all the way through, and that is. Cecil B. Demented, because I had a huge man crush on Stephen Dorff. <laughs> and that one is, uh, it's it's a mainstream John Waters movie, so it's it's harmless. Yeah. But I have seen enough of that, uh, that one weird fucking movie that made his, his claim to fame with that transgender woman oh. who ate the dog shit. Is See, already, that? already I'm saying this, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm never, ever, 
I don't need to watch that. I'm never going to watch that movie. I, uh, I've never watched that movie and I hate that movie. <laughs> John Waters. I, I think I know which one you're talking about. I just want to, I don't really recall the name. I just picture that, uh, like pink haired. Cry. See, yeah, I've watched a few of his movies. I've seen Cry Baby, Serial Mom. No, I haven't seen any of them. Fuck. He's a weird looking fellow, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? They, they can't see. Yeah. But no, like, Google. Google. Yeah, Google John Waters. But uh, take a nice deep look at, at that face. He's, that's, be- he's one of those guys where, like, even if he was deeply closeted, because I think at one point he was deeply closeted. He must have been because he was he's old. Right. So he was probably around that time where, like, yeah. Oh yeah, you had to be gay in secret, but I feel like it's one of those ones that sounds so bad. But like even even at that point, they're just like so. John Waters likes dudes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he did Pecker. Oh right, Pecker. Okay, so I've For seen Pecker? Pecker. I saw Pecker. Pecker was all right. Pecker was okay. Uh, which which one? I don't know which one it was. So Female Trouble is that the one you're talking about? No, I don't know if even if it was a feature length movie. I just remember. Pink-haired transgender woman. Pink-haired transgender woman. Polyester. I don't know. If, I don't know if you really want to search that. That might pull up a whole bunch of stuff that. <laughs> like, hey Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? I better. I better. Hey get Siri, that. delete my search that. history immediately. <laughs> Pink-haired transgender women. Eating dog shit. <laughs> Eating dog shit. But the thing that's it's crazy is that like she actually ate real dog shit. Like this wasn't like movie dog shit. This was real dog shit. Oh, that's fucking gross. But then again, yeah. not surprised at John. But then again, you know what's funny is I and I I'm like, oh I, I John Water, I you know, but I've watched fucking uh the remember the kids, that movie Kids? Yep, yep. I watched that director's follow-up movie Gummo. And that's some fucked up shit. Yeah. Like I, kids is is a is a heavy look at teens in like the late 90s and it's heavy. It's some heavy shit that's dealt in that movie, but it's a fairly coherent story. Yeah. And it's it's good. Like it's a good movie. It's just it's heavy. So people that are watching our geek pants camcast and saying, Hey, maybe I should check out kids, check it out. It's good, but it's, it's heavy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gummo is like, like a weird mumbled core documentary of just fucked up shit. <laughs> like I, I, I feel like I don't even want to talk about it anymore because then I'll start replaying scenes in my head and I'll just go, Oh, why did I watch that movie? Twice. I watched it twice. <laughs> like once wasn't good enough. I had to be like, well, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it. Twice. Anyway, don't watch Gummo. Don't watch it. I mean, if you do and you like it, great. That's fine. But don't don't watch it because I said watch it. I didn't say watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> so basically, yeah, that, that's kind of the uh, 
the thing is that every director is not going to have a perfect film filmography for every viewer. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, it's there impossible. you go. It's impossible. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually intrigued, Geek Panthers. If you've got, if you've watched Tenet, let us know what you thought about Tenet. Uh, did you understand it? You should. It's not that hard to understand. Um, were you bored by it? Did you do you really think that after seeing Tenet that they should just say fuck it and wheel up a truckload of money to uh, Christopher Nolan and say, okay, you can make the next James Bond movie? Because I do think he should make the next James Bond movie. I do. He practically made a James Bond movie twice now. Actually, three times now. It's Tenet. It's Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. And it's Inception. Those are three different James Bond movies. And Dark Knight is specifically, I'm citing that specifically as his attempt at saying, look, I could do James Bond. Because Batman in Dark Knight is, it's James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he, he goes to China. He, you know, goes to Gotham. He looks good in a suit. He's got his uh, Q or Lucius as his, uh, you know, handler, so to speak. Yep. It's got it all. It's got a deranged villain that they ended up uh, copying later on for Skyfall. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm not knocking it. I, I love, I love Silva in Skyfall. I think he's still one of the best. But it's definitely there's some Joker vibes to it. Yep. But isn't that ironic that Nolan makes the Dark Knight to make his own James Bond movie? I think he actually said essentially in one of his interviews that that's basically what he's doing. But then as a response, Skyfall is made to be like Dark Knight. That's some. <laughs> it's some weird, nice, right? Nice it's symmetry weird. there. I like that. All I like that. All influencing each other. I don't know. I don't know if he'd want to touch a franchise again. He might want to just stick to doing his own thing. I am almost certain he wants to do a James Bond movie. It's hard to call. I still want to see uh, Danny Boyle do it. Uh, Danny Boyle. What am I missing? Danny Boyle. He's done what? 28 Days Later. Train Spot. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And he was originally on for uh, wow, what the fuck's in the world? Yep, he was uh, for tomorrow. Never, no, uh, never die no, again, or no, no, don't no die right now. Die. No time, um, no time to die. No time to die. No time to die from COVID. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he but was yeah, definitely no time to die. He was, he was the first guy, and then yeah. they kind of went, nope. Well, I think it was scheduling conflicts or something. So I think that's so what like, they said. So <laughs> I, I'd love to see him bring him back. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Um, Marie Hall, even Guy Ritchie, I think we do a good one too. Yeah, but would he though? Would he? Well, it depends. Know. I mean, if depends. it's like Sherlock Holmes, yeah. maybe not so much. But if it's like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, because I know you love that movie. <laughs> yes. You Just like love, that. not only do you love uh, crime movies, but you love British Cockney crime movies even more. That whole stretch in the nineties where it was like lock, stock, snatch, train spotting. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do this. 
Watch uh, that. Brad Pitt's so good in it. I'm watching. I'm like, I, nope, can't do it. <laughs> I don't understand what any of these people are saying, and I'm told they're speaking English. Um, I actually I liked uh, Snatch and Lockstock. I've never watched Train. No. No. Or watched Train Spotting. Uh, but having said that. I've only watched the I've only watched them a couple of times a piece. I don't remember the last time I've seen them, but I do remember liking both of them actually. Yeah. So, so meh, know. meh. Layer cake was one that I didn't think was as great as everyone thought it was. No, but then Matthew Vaughn ended up making awesome movies after it. Yeah, and so did Daniel Craig. Hey, fuck Matthew Vaughn be a good choice for Bond too. King's yeah, too bad Daniel awesome. Craig is retiring from the role now. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. But either funny. way, but either like Layer Cake, I could see why they wanted uh, Daniel Craig for Bond after like watching Layer Cake. Yeah. But I was still just like, oh, okay, like like he's really good in it, and you know it's a British crime movie, but mm-hmm. you know, okay. And uh, O'Brien from Star Trek: Next Generation was a bad guy in it, which blew yeah. my mind. Anyway, without further ado, Geek Pantsers. We could go on. Thank you so much. Thank you so Yeah, that's right. We could do this all night. Thank you so much for joining us on another wonderful CamCast. We hope you like this. If you do, let us know. Just let us know in the comments. If you don't, well, let us know in the comments, because then we could never do movies like this again. We'll yeah. format it so that it's whatever you want, not just what we want. Make sure when you're when you're disliking in the comments, you take chris yeah actually do tag chris tag uh cr mercier at or dot one at gmail yeah tag that guy because because i'll know and i'll i'll read your comments and then i will respond because i've responded to comments in the past yes yes you have (laughs) i feel like it's about time the rest of the geek panthers know that i am in fact cr dot mercier Top one at gmail.com. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, that's me. That's me. That was him the whole time. Yeah. Speaking of YouTube, that's where you can find us. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on uh, Twitter. <laughs> you know what? Let's do that again. Let's do that again. Right for the top. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on. <laughs> what the hell happened there? I'll blame Titan. He uh, frazzled me. But anyway, so having said that, uh, we can be seen on YouTube, as you can tell. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. All right. We're also on SoundCloud. We're also on Google and Apple Podcast. Last but not least, geekpantsmedia.com, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Hell yeah. That was good. That was good. And it only took me two tries to do it, but whatever. It's not, it's not bad. Well, I mean, the when you were, what people didn't realize <laughs> is that you were inverting the announcement. So. Yeah, I didn't have oxygen on, so the <laughs> air was leaving my lungs instead of going into my lungs like it should be. Uh, but then I went through a turnstile, which you didn't see, and that turnstile verted me. So now everything's good to go. <laughs> oh. Actually. The turnstile stuff kind of bugged me because then it's like, I picture now them sending back the turnstile in pieces, right? Yeah. So that now Seder 
gets a turnstile or maybe Priya gets a turnstile piece and then they fabricate the, or the specs show up or something. Like, it's just one of those where I'm like, again, like if you think about it too much, then you're like, oh wait, the movie told me don't think about it. So I should not think about it. Uh, anyway, yeah. long story short, like the movie, but uh, as of right now, my least favorite Nolan movie. <laughs> and hands down mine. <laughs> All right, everyone, we will see you again sometime in the future or the past. We don't know yet. Well, no, it'd be the present or the future. The present. But then the past would be their... The present would be their past in the future. Oh, you're going to mindfuck yourself. <laughs> Keep up the good work, pal. Thanks, bud. <laughs> you're welcome. Pew, 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 pew. Ugh. No, that's the Geek Pants lasers. Oh. I just, I can't do it as cool as that, the sound effects, so yeah. you get pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. pew, pew. <laughs>